Oh, a happy Thursday morning to you. Good cup of coffee in a Minnesota cup today. Minnesota, don't you know? Talk about it. Um, got a got a big control today. AC two and Mike Bravo and I. Mike Bravo, as you know, uh, long time, long time member of the the cyber recon community. Mike Bravo has been out there for a long time. Uh, working with DOD, DTNE, helping things out. We made some good points this morning. You weren't on talking in the chat session before, before the show, uh, talking about uh, AC two enhancement seven, um, AC seven, AC eleven, being some some big controls, big controls he sees in his world. Um, Mario Richard and uh, Rainier out there as well. Good morning. Um, yeah, so as Mike says, yeah, AC two seven uh, from R four. Obviously, AC7, uh, AC11, big ones from DoD and DTNE World. Um, yeah, those are those are big. Um, those are big controls. The access control family is huge. It's it's where we start. It's not just alphabetically where we start, but that's a good place to start in these controls overall. Kevin's here. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Um, and that's kind of why we're starting there. That's good. It's a good place to start alphabetically. It's a good place to start. From the security, the cyber, the risk side, it's all. It's a good place to start. Um, I pointed out this morning we're not we're not going to get through AC two today. AC two is, is is a big control. Um, so technically, we'll get through AC two, but we won't get through all of the enhancements. So the, the enhancements is the important part too. There's a lot of enhancements, and if we look back um, to Mike's comment, right? Um, if you don't know what the enhancements look like, that first one there, AC two. And then where you see the parentheses seven, um, that's AC two enhancement seven. That's how we look at it. If you guys haven't looked at these controls, you haven't had a lot of experience with it, you'll see that's that's an enhancement. We see them in the parentheses like that. That means that's the this enhancement number seven of the AC two control. And as I said, normally when we look at these controls, we're going to try to get the controls and the enhancement in one video. Um, there's a couple of these in the AC family, uh, AC two being one of them. Um, we're not going to get the control and the enhancement together. So I thought about a couple different ways of doing this, and I thought the best way for me, one that makes sense for me, is we'll cover AC2 today, and then we'll cover the enhancements tomorrow, right? So it's kind of part one and part two. We've got AC2, the control, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about how to assess it, and then tomorrow we'll talk about the enhancements and how to, how to assess each of the enhancements. The enhancements. We'll assess, talk about how we assess each of the enhancements. So that's what I thought about doing it. That's why hopefully we'll jump into. Let's get that. Um, hopefully, here's here's to you guys. Cup of coffee in the morning. Good to see you here. Hopefully the eight o'clock hour is working out for you. Mm, that's a good cup of joe. So let me throw the intro in there, and then we'll jump in and we'll talk about the access control uh, control number two AC two account management. So we'll be right back after the quick intro. All right, let's jump into this control. Let's look at the control and what it is all about. So we're over here talking about, uh, again, we're in NIST, Special Publication 853, Revision 5. Um, 
And when we look at the assessments, we're going to have to look at 853 Alpha Revision 4 because NIST hasn't caught up. So we'll talk about account management and what it is all about, right? So um, I've done some shuffling around. We've moved things around a little bit. Um, normally, we're going to see the discussion after the control. I moved the discussion to the front part just so we can talk about the discussion first. And that's what we'll jump into. We'll jump into discussion first. So um, I just want to talk to give the framework of what the control is all about. So that's what the discussion is. The discussion gives us a little more um, detail, a little more background of what the control is about. So we'll talk about the discussion, then we'll talk about the control, and then we'll talk about assessment. And that's how kind of how I'll set these up. So discussion, examples of a system account type include individual, shared, group, system, guest, anonymous, emergency developer, temporary, and service. Just giving you some examples of the account types. Identification and authorization system um, users and the, uh, and the specification of access privileges reflect the requirements in other controls in the security plan. I'm talking about the security plan. Users requiring administrative privileges on system accounts receive additional scrutiny um, by organizational personnel responsible for approving such accounts and privilege access, including system owner, mission business owner, senior agency information security officer, and senior agency official for privacy. We're just saying that, you know, folks that need administrative or elevated privileges, they need additional scrutiny. That's what we're saying. Um, types of accounts that organization may wish to prohibit due to increased risk include shared group, emergency, anonymous, temporary, and guest accounts. Just give me some heads up. Here are some accounts you should be worried about. Um, maybe you want to prohibit these things. Maybe you don't want to allow them, right? And we'll talk about these things. Just giving, again, giving you some background on types of accounts, right? And we'll continue on. Where access involves personally identifiable information, or PII, security programs collaborate with the senior agency official for privacy to establish the specific conditions for group and role membership, specify authorized users, group and role membership, and access authorizations for each account, and create, adjust, or remove system accounts in accordance with the organizational policies. Again, we're talking security's got to work with privacy. Revision 5 is all about that. Um, as we pointed out yesterday, the security controls are gone. The privacy controls are gone. They're just controls, right? So security and privacy have to work hand in hand. When we're talking about PII. We're talking about privacy. And we need to make sure that the security folks and the privacy folks work together to make sure that we cover down on both security and, and privacy when we're building this account management. Policies can include such information as account expiration dates or other factors that trigger disabling of accounts. You know, how do we, what factors do we use to trigger that? And we're gonna have to use this information later to build this control out. Organizations may choose to define access privileges or other attributes by account, type of account, or a combination of the two. So we build our privileges, we can build them based on the account uh, or the type of account or combining them. Uh, examples of other attributes required for authorizing access include restrictions on time of day, day of week, or point of origin. So we can say maybe there's some accounts that are critical, they're, they're sensitive, they provide 
extra access that maybe we're really worried about. And maybe we want to use those only during daytime. Or maybe we want to only allow access from people logging in from the actual organizational um, physical location, right? So there's some things we can do. We can re require, maybe that account can only be used on a certain computer or a certain IP address, right? Um, in defining other system account attributes, organizations consider system related requirements and mission business requirements. You know, how does this play in? What requirements do we need to think about when we're building these attributes out? Um, failure to consider these factors could affect system availability. So maybe we think about an attribute where we say you have to log in from the organizational physical location or an IP, IP address within, say, the server room or something like that. And then something like COVID happens and we can't get to that location, right? Um, that could, could affect availability. If I can't get to that location and that location is the only place that I can use that account from, there may be a problem. So we have to think about those things as well. Finally, our last slide on discussion, temporary and emergency accounts are intended for short-term use. Organizational, organizations establish temporary accounts as part of normal account activation procedures when there is a need for short-term accounts without the demand for immediacy in account activation. So we're, we're drawing some lines here and you're gonna see it become more clear in a minute. Um, temporary accounts and emergency accounts are different and they should be treated differently. And a lot of organizations treat that temporary account as an emergency account. They create an emergency account when, uh, or they, excuse me, they create a temporary account for an emergency situation when an emergency arrives and, and they need to be really treated differently. And we'll see that. Um, organizations establish emergency accounts in response to a crisis situation and with the need for rapid account activation. Therefore, emergency account activation may bypass the normal account authorization process. Emergency and temporary accounts are not to be confused with infrequently used accounts, including local logon accounts used for special tasks or when network resources are unavailable, also known as uh, accounts of last resort. Uh, sometimes we call those as break, break glass accounts. Uh, keep them locked up in the safe. Maybe you need two people to unlock them, that kind of thing. Such accounts remain available and are not subject to automatic disabling and removal dates. So for a lot of these emergency break glass, break glass accounts, these accounts of last resorts, they don't have an expiration. That's why they need to be treated um, with extra caution when we're using them. Um, conditions for disabling or deactivating accounts include when shared or group emergency or temporary accounts are no longer required and when individuals are transferred or terminated. Again, I'm giving some time frames there and some uh, actions, uh, some, some events that may happen. Changing shared or group authenticators when members leave the group is intended to ensure former group members are not, uh, do not retain access to the shared or group account. Some type of system accounts may require specialized training. I would say there's a lot of types of specialized uh, or spec system accounts that require specialized training. You know, if you're using um, elevated access for a server admin, they should be trained on that server. Network admin, the same thing. They should be trained on the network gear they're using. Um, 
and they should know the security required for that elevated access. So that's the discussion. Usually that comes after the control, but I thought I'd throw it forward so we could really look at um, and have this background before we jump into the control itself, right? So now we get, to, we get to the control. Here is the control. This is what we need to build out. There's some organizationally defined variables here in red. As you guys know, they're not in red in the book. I put them in red so you can see them. And we have to define those things. So let's jump in and look at the control. Define and document, two steps there, the types of accounts that are allowed and specifically prohibited for use within the systems. So what's allowed? Uh, administrator accounts are allowed. Um, uh, personal or individual accounts are allowed. Um, system accounts are probably allowed. But maybe what's what's not allowed? Uh, maybe we're going to say temporary accounts. We're not going to we're not going to have temporary accounts. We're not going to have group accounts. We need we define that. We define those types of accounts and we document them. And where do we document them? That's when we need to start make sure we're keeping up with AC1, right? In our policies and our procedures, we're going to document these things, right? So um, I like to include standards. Uh, standards is a good place to say, hey, these are the types of accounts we're going to have. These are the types of accounts we're not going to have. But if you don't use standards, you can put them between policies and procedures. Remember, policy is that higher level overarching um, rules of the road kind of thing that's signed off by leadership. And the procedures are how we get things done usually, right? Standards are a good place to put these things. What's allowed? What's the types of accounts that are allowed? And what's not allowed? What's prohibited? So two things happen in part A. Uh, part B, we assign account managers. We, we go in and we define that. We assign them. We say uh, Windows Server admins are going to be managed by Joe Smith. Or the better way to do it is they will be uh, managed by the manager of the Windows Server team. That way when Joe Smith leaves, it automatically rolls over. We got to require, and here's an assignment, organizationally defined prerequisites and criteria for group and role membership. Um, we'll have to come back to that. Um, specify authorized users of systems, um, group and role membership, access authorizations, which are privileges, and another assignment, organizationally defined attributes as required for each account, and then require approvals by an organizational defined personnel or role um, for requests to create accounts. So if we go back through here, um, part C, we're gonna say, we're gonna require training, approval, and individual attestation for group and role membership. And that individual attestation could be a document where we say, I know I'm gonna be monitored, I know I have to create uh, maintain my training. Um, I know I need to let somebody know when I'm leaving. All those kind of things can be in an attestation document. Um, go down to three. Um, we specify access authorizations, which are group or privileges, and um, access tagging. Now for that, that's an attribute. We can define whatever we want for those addi additional um, attributes within this. So we're saying access tagging. We're going to tag people when they have elevated access. And then we're going to require approval by account managers um, for requests to create accounts. So we've defined our variables. They're in the in this and we can start building our policy out. Remember, this has to be documented in a policy, a procedure, a standard. 
and then it has to be implemented in the systems. Um, and we're thinking about if this is at the organizational level, if we're defining this at the organizational level, remember that we have to also make sure it's documented, distributed, followed, implemented, um, put into those standard operating procedures for all of the systems that follow these, this rule, right? All right, on. Um, part F, create, enable, modify, disable, and remove accounts in accordance with what? Something. So the assignment is the organizationally defined policies, procedures, prerequisites, and criteria. We're going to monitor the use of account. We're going to notify account managers and who else? Somebody else. Um, that's an assignment. Organizationally defined personnel or roles, and we talked about earlier, within, and here's the time frames we need. Um, there's going to be a time frame we have to define when accounts are no longer required. When users are terminated or transferred, I hate the fact that they put those two together. Um, or when system usage or need to know changes for an individual. Um, part three is kind of like transferred to me. When usage or need to know changes for an individual it is akin to someone being transferred. Their need to know, normally when you change positions, your need to know, your usage changes. So I don't like two being put together like that, terminated and transferred. If you terminate an employee, and we'll see this next, that access should immediately be terminated as well. You terminate an employee or you terminate a person, uh, a, a team member, they, they, need, they need to have their account access stopped immediately because a lot of times that's a hostile act. You have a hostile, now you have a hostile user if they've been terminated normally, right? So we went back and we put our variables in here. Create, enable, uh, and remove, disable accounts in accordance with the organizational access control policies, standards, and procedures. Good, we've given users, we've given assessors, we've given the AO a place to go where they can read about what they need, what are the requirements for creating, enabling, modifying, disabling, and removing accounts. It should be all stated within the organizational access control policies, standards, and procedures. We should be able to define all of that. We want to monitor the use of accounts. We want to notify managers and the security monitoring team. So we put our variable in there for an additional group that's being notified within those time frames. 24 hours when accounts no longer required, immediately when users are terminated or transferred, and within 24 hours when a system usage or need to know changes for the individual. These time frames need to be looked at through a risk lens, right? And that last one shouldn't be one, it should be three. Uh, PowerPoint, I guess, because I did a wrap, uh, wrapped up the text around it. It freaked out on me there. So um, we need to look at these and say, okay, what makes sense? Of course, we'd always want to do this immediately, but we know there's resource constraints. We know that the the access control team, the server teams, the, the network teams, they may not be able to get to everything immediately. So let's put time frames that work and let's look at the things that are most critical and make those most critical things rise to the top. So when we have a terminated user, that needs to happen right away. We don't want somebody that is um, going through need to know um, that's still friendly within the organization, that's still following the rules. Maybe they're just changing from one program to another. They're changing from one job to another. We don't want that account being you know, modified or removed prior to someone that's terminated. If they're terminated, that account needs to be gone right away. So we define that here. 
we give it a little more time for those folks that are still uh, friendly to the organization as far as we know and we move those folks that are we assuming hostile to the top of the list right then roll into the end of this thing um, we want to authorize access to the system based on a valid access authorization so somebody somebody's approving this uh, intended system usage and then we give a, a kind of a, a place for the organization to put other defined attributes if they need to they don't even have to add three if they don't want to um, we want to review accounts in compliance with account management requirements based on this organizationally defined frequently we establish and implement a process for changing shared or group account authenticators if deployed um, what's what's that process um, when individuals are removed from a group and then align account management processes with the personnel termination and transfer process so yeah we want to make sure again that last one's important we want to align with folks like human resources we want to align with the folks like the um, uh, account managers the user managers we want to know if HR is terminating an employee we want to know right away um, if someone's transferring from one job to another we want to know so we can adjust their permissions there's a really big problem in IT where if you have people that have been in a job for a long time they can start siloing um, permissions right so they're on help desk and they get permissions for a help desk analyst and then they go to network the network team they work on network gear they get access uh, permissions for network gear they get those permissions for a network admin but their help desk admin permissions never go away and then maybe they go go to work in a security team and they get the permissions for a security team so now they've got the permissions for a security team they've got permissions for a network admin and they've got permissions for a help desk admin when those last two roles they don't even have anymore so we, when a person moves from one one part of the organization to another we have to have a process to make sure that we remove the permissions that are not required um, it could be extreme I've seen cases where organizations remove all permissions when a person transfers and then the new manager is required to give that person the permissions they need for the account that's a pretty good way to do it because if you're relying on the old manager to remove the accounts or the permissions um, a lot of times that old manager that person is gone and they're not thinking about them anymore it's not a good way to go but sometimes that happens so let's think about this you know what's the best way to handle when people are terminated that's important or transfer um, we don't want to silo and when somebody's terminated we got to get their accounts cleaned up immediately we got to get that stuff their access gone okay one last so we got we got, got our we've included our attributes here right all we've, we've added need to know as, as our third um, criteria at, uh, authorize access to the system based on need to know right so we've got valid access authorization someone's approved it intended system usage and they've got a need to know and then review accounts it for compliance with account management requirements annually um, you may want to do it more but remember as the security person you're probably always going to want to tighten this thing up as much as you can um, security risk cyber we're all going to try to tighten the controls up as much as they can but the person that's requiring those uh, that's that's doing this review maybe a business person maybe somebody on on the business side of the house the operational side of the house and they may be saying hey I don't I can't look at this stuff monthly um, but I can look at it every year so this is a risk-based decision you have to go by and determine is it is it a, every year okay do we 
we think about the other side of this, if we're looking at every year, is it okay for somebody to have access that hasn't been cleaned up for almost a year? Right? We may not catch, we may not catch the person that has access that should have been terminated until that annual review. Um, or do we want to look at it monthly or weekly? Um, that's going to be up to the organization. That's why it's a variable for the organization. If you have critical data or if you're a smaller organization, maybe you want to look at it monthly. Maybe you want to look at it weekly and say, yeah, these people all still need access. Um, nobody slipped through the cracks. And that's what we're trying to do with this one. We're trying to catch people that have slipped through the cracks, people that have transferred, terminated, something like that, and still have access to the system that shouldn't. We catch them with these reviews, and we make sure that people that are still having access uh, are, are requiring that access, right? So, maybe back matter here's all we've got in this one. We haven't got to the reference or anything because we haven't hit the bottom of the enhancements. So we're not going to get the references until we hit the bottom of the enhancements. That's okay, though. Um, related controls, AC3, coming next, AC5, 6, 17, 18, 20, 24. Then we hit some audit controls, AU2, AU12, uh, CM5, IA2, 4, 5, 8, MA3, MA5, PE2, PL4, PS2, PS4, 5, 7, PT2, PT3, SC7, SC12, SC13, and SC37. Why are these important? Well, you know these are important because if you can't fully implement this control and you need to supplement it or you need to enhance the control, you can look at some of these related controls and see if you can implement them, even if they're not required, to supplement this control that maybe is not fully implementable for one reason or another, right? So that's what we need to look at when we're trying to, to implement this control. And we always want to know, if I'm implementing the control, what am I going to be tested on? And that's why we look at the alpha. So we go to 853 alpha, and right now I'm looking at revision 4, and there's going to be some, some problems with that when we start looking at new controls or controls that have been changed. changed um, there, there's going to be an issue, right? Um, with this one, I did the same thing. I moved these potential assessment methods and objectives from the bottom to the top. And we'll talk about them first before we talk about um, the actual assessment process. So in this one, we have all three of the assessment methods. We have examine, we have interview, and we have test. And we've got a long list of things we can examine, right? Access control policy and procedures, um, secu the security plan, the information system and design document. There's a lot of stuff you can see there. Um, I like to jump down to a list of active system accounts along with the name of the individuals associated with the accounts, a list of conditions for group role memberships, notifications or records of recently transferred, separated, or terminated employees, um, a list of recently disabled information system accounts along with the name of each individual associated, um, access authorization records. Um, those are big things I'm going to look at as an assessor. I want to see who is authorized to be on this, uh, the system now. Who are the authorized account holders today? Um, who are the people that have been terminated? When were they terminated? And when was their account terminated? And then I'm going to look at um, people that were terminated, people that were transferred. And if you're telling me if you have a terminated employee and you're saying that account is immediately deactivated, if I find them on the account, that account active on the system today, 
that's going to be a problem, right? And if I look at the, the, the records of when accounts were disabled or terminated, and I see that an employee was terminated a month ago, but you didn't disable that account until right before the assessment, that's an issue too. So there's a lot of things we have to look at. There's a lot of documentation to look at. And of course, the last one there, um, other relevant documents or records. So we can put, as an assessor, we can ask for all these things, right? And the system owner, the organization, should provide them to the assessor. Now, who can we interview? We can interview organizational personnel with account management responsibilities, system and network administrators, organizational personnel with information security responsibilities. We can go ask them about how they're managing their accounts, how they get the uh, account uh, modification notifications, how do they uh, ensure that an account is approved to be enabled at the start? Are they processing that? So we're gonna see the documentation. We're gonna look at the documentation. We're gonna see the organization says, this is how we do things. Now let's ask these people. Let me ask uh, a system admin how they're actually creating the account. Does it match up with the policy and procedure? And then we're gonna test organizational processes, uh, account management on the information system, automated mechanisms for implementing the account management. We'll test those things. Um, at a student, I gotta look his, I, I gotta remember, I can't remember his name on top of my head. He gave me a good um, way to remember these assessment methods. Because you're gonna take the CAP exam, you're gonna need to know these. It's examine, interview, and test. And um, he came up with the, uh, the mnemonic EXIT, right? E-X-I-T, examine, interview, and test. They're always listed this way because every one of the controls has an examine method, every single one of them. Um, then the next most frequent is interview and the least frequent is test. So we think about assessments, a lot of times we think it's a technical evaluation, but it's not. Generally, it's gonna be a lot of examination of documentation, it's gonna be a lot of interviewing, and then a bit of testing, and we can automate testing wherever we can, right? So there is testing, there is automated technical testing and manual technical testing, but there's a lot of document review, there's a lot of interviewing, right? So. Here's the test. Here's when we go in and see what we're going to be tested on. And you're not going to be surprised when we look at this. We, we can follow this aligns perfectly with the control we started with. Determine if the organization de defines information system account types uh, to be identified, selected, and supported by the organizational mission business function. Um, but the second part, identifies and selects the organizationally defined information system account types uh, to support the organizational. So, so this is really, we're defining it, and then we're identifying and selecting, right? Um, part 2B, assigns account managers for information system accounts. And then we establish condition for group membership. We specify each account as required, and then we authorize the use of the information system, group role membership, access authorization, and any other attributes. We define the personnel roles required to approve or create information system account, which is what we talked about in the control. And then the second part of this is we require approvals by those organizationally defined personnel for roles um, for requests to create the system account. So we didn't really cover that in the control, but we, we defined the, the personnel that have to approve it and we're requiring it. So show me, show me as, as an assessor, I'm gonna say, show me where you require approval. I've got a user named Tom Johnson. 
Show me where his account was approved. Show me a document, show me an email, show me a record somewhere that show, that proves that there was a required approval before this account was created, right? Um, we define procedures for creating information system accounts, enabling, modifying, disabling, or removing them. And then we're gonna, we're gonna actually see if the organizationally defined procedures or conditions do that, show how they're, they create, enable, modify, and disable, and remove accounts. Show me the procedure, you know, we've got the procedure, and then show me how you're doing it. That, that part ACF2 is really, AF1 is you've defined a process, a procedure for doing it. F2 is show me you're doing it. Prove to me that you're doing it. And that may be sitting down with an account admin and having them create an account. Do they follow all the processes, right? Uh, we monitor the use of information system accounts, and then we notify those account users when accounts are no longer required, users are transferred or terminated, or when the individual information system usage uh, or need to know changes, right? Prove to me when a user moved from organization, organization A to organization B within the bigger organization, group A or group B, show me where you were notified, show me how you approve that, show me how uh, that account usage, the permissions change. Um, authorize, ac ac <laughs> authorize access to the information system based on valid access authorization, intended system usage, um, other attributes required, right? We had need to know. Um, define the frequency for review of accounts um, and then prove that you are re reviewing it. So if you're telling me you're reviewing it annually, I want to see the last time you re reviewed it. If it was a year and a half ago, there's a problem, right? If it was a year ago, you're good. If it was 11 months ago, you're good. But if it's two years ago and you're saying you're reviewing it annually, there's a problem. That's what the assessor is going to look for. You're going to document it and they're going to want you to prove that, it, that you're doing it, right? Establish a process uh, for reissuing shared or group account credentials if they're deployed when individuals are removed from the group. So if somebody leaves and you have shared um, or group accounts and you're using a password, that password needs to change, right? Show me how that process goes. If it's some other credential, show, how, show me how that's being monitored. So a little bit long, just about four minutes over where I wanted to be. Um, that's AC2. That's AC2 in a nutshell. I know we rolled through it pretty quick. And there's, there's the, the implementation of the control, right? And then the assessment. As a control implementer, if you are the person that is managing and creating this control, I would, I would recommend you take that alpha, you take the control assessment procedures, and you test your control. When you're implementing it, test it. Make sure it's working before the assessor comes in and tells you it's not working, right? And what do you guys think? What do you, what's your experience? Mike has shared, obviously, and I'm gonna share it again. I'll put Mike's uh, comment on the screen. This is Mike Bravo talking about DOD and the DTNE world. AC2 Enhancement 7, which we haven't got to. We haven't got to, to the enhancements yet. Uh, AC7 and AC11. Um, this is, this, you're talking just about, just about AC2, what are your thoughts? What do you guys think about this? Where have you seen it you know, implemented in your organizations? Um, have you seen it? And I'm not gonna ask you to tell anything that you shouldn't be saying, anything that's sensitive, 
But have you seen it maybe in your previous organizations, maybe in something you heard about, you know, people that silo permissions, right? Somebody's been in an organization 15 years, they have access to just about everything because as they've moved around, they've got more and more and more permissions and none of them have been removed. Have you seen that happen? Has that happened where you're at? Um, this is really to make sure that we have implemented least privilege, right? This account management process, we make sure that the accounts, uh, people are authorized, somebody has approved them, we've got that chain of custody, we've got proof that we said this person requested an account, the account manager approved the account, we followed a procedure to implement the account, we monitored the account, we removed permissions when we needed to, we, we terminated the account when it had to be terminated. Here's the types of accounts that are, appro are approved, here's the types of accounts we never will use, here's the difference between an emergency account, a uh, break glass account, a temporary account. We define all those things within this control. Um, Mike's got some good comments. Love to see Mike's comments. Thank you, Mike. As it comes to AC, I want to see AC1 and all commissioner policy and procedures and artifacts for automation. I want to see STIGs, SCAP, and SCC reports. Great, great points. Yeah. STIGs are the security technical implementation guides. Um, that's how you should be implementing this, these controls on a particular type of technology, right? So if you're looking at a Windows Server, uh, you could get the STIG for that 2019 Windows Server. It's going to tell you how in the DoD how to lock it down. If you're not part of the DoD, you can get something like the CIS benchmark. Will tell you kind of the same thing. SCAP, I can never remember the acronym, um, but essentially it's it's a uh, XML-ish type um, standard that we can use to scan systems. And we do the scanning the same way. If we're SCAP compliant, then that means we scan with a, um, something like Nessus or something like Qualys. It looks at the same things and provides the same feedback back and SEC reports. We want to automate these things as much as possible. I agree with Mike so much there. Um, let me see that. Let me see that proof. Um, and if you're implementing these things, don't be afraid to test your own controls. You should always test your controls before you hand them over to the assessor. That way you know, am I, am I in a good place, right? So as you guys know, if you, if you didn't know, these controls, these morning sessions, um, are going to be sliced and diced and put the, the good stuff to be put into a video that's becoming part of the course that's being built on controls and control assessment, right? If you're in the cat in the RMF class now, um, I started putting the class together last night, you're gonna start seeing access to that coming up very soon. So if you're in the, the RMF, cap, RMF cap class, you're gonna get ac immediate access to this other new course as it's being built and you'll probably have access until the course is fully built and then we'll, we'll close it down and create it its own thing. Trust but verify, a great, great point. Um, I say trust and verify and also uh, subscribe and hit the bell because we're YouTube, right? And we always have to say that. Subscribe, hit the bell, comment because I wanna hear your comments on AC2. What do you think about account management? Uh, drop it in the comments below. What have you seen that's good and bad? What are your advice to other people? Remember this is a community. Share your advice about how you implement AC2, what's good, what's bad about it, what you've seen that people can watch out for, um, help each other along. Um, and that's what that's the big the big point this morning, right? Big point this morning, guys. 
Um, take care of your friends, your families, your coworkers. Take care of each other. Mike's here this morning. We'll say go get some because Mike would say get some. Um, until tomorrow. Tomorrow we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit the same thing tomorrow. AC two. The enhancements. There's a bunch of them, and we're gonna roll through those. It's just gonna be expanding AC two to cover some additional requirements. So until then, I'm gonna tell you take care of each other, and I'll see you tomorrow morning, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Be there or be square. <laughs>